0: Hello all and welcome to Accidental Careers, the podcast where we talk to people about their jobs. Was the path there winding? Were they jobs they even knew existed? Let's find out. Today we speak to the beautiful Nicola Gleave from Worn By Us. It's a really interesting story to find out how she got where she is. Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast Nicola Gleave. Thank you for joining me. It's been a long time. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. It has been a long time and lovely to speak with you
0: again. It's been, when we first met God, what, it must have been 12 years ago? It uh, must have been, I know. I don't know where
1: the time's gone because it doesn't feel like that long, but it
0: is, it is a long time It is, It is, it, it, it's a long time ago. I want to take you back to that time uh, before we come on to your accidental career, shall we say, which is what you're doing now. Yeah. We'll talk a bit more about that in a bit, but, but take me back to um, Nicola when she was a little girl. What did she dream about doing?
1: Yeah, so when I was when I was a little girl, I think I, I probably didn't have a kind of direct, kind of clear vision of what I wanted to do, but I was very active, always into sports, so always involved in the school sports days and things, yeah. and often prizes, you know, a whole, whole range of things, I just, I just enjoyed that kind of activity, I was quite, I was very shy actually, um, nice. you know, kind of very shy, yeah, I lack confidence, still actually very lack confidence now, but uh, people say to me that doesn't appear so but it is true. No. The um, so it's it's strange We read things you know like um, school assemblies or plays be the night or whatever I used to read in church every week so I was always asked to kind of stand up and present at things which is odd because it is a bit at odds of me and my confidence, but, but I did it. it I, I did it, and I used to enjoy it once I did it, but mm. obviously very nervous before. Um, uh, yeah, so it's probably probably led me to kind of a little bit now because I do still get asked to speak at things and present on things, and um, again I have to psych myself up for it, but. Um, yeah, it seems to go well when I do
0: it. and every time you do it, because you keep getting asked back, and and I can see that you've done a lot of those types of things over over the years that I've known you uh, certainly. But it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because um, you know, kids do fear that type of thing, and and I think there's lack of probably guidance, or there definitely was when I was at school. So the fact that you conquered your fears every time when you were younger, obviously, has led you to where you are today. Yeah,
1: and it's not easy. It was never easy, and it's still not easy now. And the amount of people I speak to, and then sometimes you kind of open up and say, well, you know, I'm not a very self-confident person. And the amount of people who I think are very confident, think if you something you've got a real passion for and you really believe in, and you think it'll benefit that passion, you almost take yourself on a journey and make yourself do it. Somehow you get through it, you know. And then obviously...
0: Further down the line, it gets a bit easier, but but it never, I don't think it ever really goes away. No, listen. If Just you if you it, you know, I think if there's no, if there's not a little bit of fear, then I don't think you care enough. You know, I think that's the honest truth, isn't it? So you're right. If you're passionate and and you um you find it easier to talk, but actually, if you, if you're not a little bit nervous, I bet you Olympic athlete who are winning gold still get nervous. You know, I think it shows they care. Yeah, I think it does.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. Absolutely. I think that if it means so much to you, it means it means
0: a lot to you. So it has, has kind of profound impact on you. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you didn't follow the uh, the kind of um, sporty kind of uh, go on to be uh, an, an athlete or, or anything in that field, did you, Nicola? You went into a, a corporate world. Talk to us about your uh, the job that you were doing just before I met you.
1: Yeah, so um, at that point I was head of entrepreneurship at Liverpool Vision. Um, so you know, spent about 20-year career uh, across the whole field, whole spectrum of of economic development. Um, started off with, uh, in terms of European funded programs, transnational programs supporting women in business. Um, so spent quite a few years developing new um, new new programs and ways of helping women um you know tackle bring down some of the barriers that Mm. stop them go go business or growing businesses and we did that kind of with transnational partners as well and and i won some awards for that and then got very much involved in kind of local community regeneration so at neighborhood level um helping liverpool um kind of you be on a par with other other courses around the country in terms Mm. of economic activity and entrepreneurship focusing lots of uh Programs and actions around people who were typically underrepresented in business, okay. um, and also real kind of community, neighbourhood level, where there were possibly you know high levels of deprivation, uh, you know economic inactivity. How do you kind of start to raise the game there and support people through some of those barriers? Um, then I got involved in and in was investment, so promoting the city as a place for uh, companies, you know, from outside the country to mm. or, or other parts of the country to come and invest. Um, and then heads of entrepreneurship and one of the one of the things that did uh, major programs before i left was the global entrepreneurship congress in 2012 so um, uh, working with the corfman foundation in in the us um they they brought together global entrepreneurship week which happens uh, a week every november in participating countries so that was all of those countries coming together to plan and develop um, those activities during Global Entrepreneurship Week, but of course, Liverpool, being Liverpool, we, we took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, rather than rather a 2 today, closed shop event for those countries, um, you know, we took it to a week-long event with 3,000 people attending um, 80 plus fringe event across key speakers, so we took it to another level and really put ourselves on the map. But I think you'll see from other activities, and most recently Eurovision, um, I think that's that's a thing we do, isn't it?
0: Only in Liverpool, honestly. It's it's as I keep reminding people, yeah. Indeed, and every time I talk to someone and they ask me where I'm from, I'm from, I say the centre of the universe because that's what Liverpool is. It's just yeah, we 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 just do everything um, to the extreme, and I I love it, and I love that fact that I'm from Liverpool. I love our city. So, you've done so much in terms of um, working in the city and, and doing those jobs, uh, and, and they all sound very complicated, uh, way above my pay grade, I think, Nicola. But um, I think kind of. To understand um, your route to, to the next role, let's just take us back a little bit into how you got into those roles at Liverpool Vision. Did you go to university? Kind of, how did you get into that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So again, at school, I was always very kind of academic. You know, I I was the child that the parents said, "Come on, you've revised enough now. Get out of your room and have a break." Wow. And that's unusual, but I was that child, and that's that's very true. And my parents, you know, remind me of that now and i'm still very much similar in terms of my work my work ethic i kind of work non-stop and i'm always it's almost as though nothing it's not good enough there's always something more i'm i'm a bit of a a self perfectionist in that in that sense of nice. I, it always mm. needs to be is it good is it is it better um but then when i um so I did really well in gcses and then when i got to a levels didn't do as well as expected because i i, I started to explore kind of you know going out um,
0: <laughs> you found the pub i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah i started to exploring going out with friends so i suppose it was a bit a bit of a shock um so what i did was i actually at that point then got a job at liverpool city council i worked in the kind of revenues and benefits team and it's more like i think my parents you know all well, will you know, get and get a job because they think that was what their background was. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? That's what, you do. and so I did, and I um, I also studied at the same time. So um, I probably got my mojo back a little bit for studying. So I did. Um, I think I did a BTEC, then I did a HND, and then I did a degree in business studies. And I did it part time in the evenings and funded it myself. And I know obviously that's a strange thing now because you have to fund your degree but at that point yeah. you didn't because it was part-time so I, I had a full-time job and I did a degree and then I went on wow. to do a postgraduate diploma as well Um so alternative routes and and you know if, if you'd have looked at me 14, 15 years old um thinking would that have been the route I'd have taken? No it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have expected it but it did and, and I think that's that's the realisation for me is that there's no clear step path there just isn't and and it's have path it's bump ride, you've got to stay on it if you get off then you, you can't, you've got to stay on it and trust, trust the process and trust the journey
0: I think that's really sound advice isn't it because I've got a, a young daughter at the moment who is um, doing her A-levels and has absolutely no clue what she wants to do and I keep saying you know what, don't worry <laughs> did that job with Liverpool Vision for many years but then you got some personal bad news didn't you Nicola can we talk a little bit about what happened then
1: yeah yeah no that's fine so um yeah so in 2014 I was diagnosed with breast cancer and that kind of came completely out of the blue mm. you know again I'm the person who never needs any treatment to the dentist never needs any doc treatment at the GP you know nothing can yeah. always help me. And then, so for that to happen to me, I think, was a shock and a shock to the family, given that I was never, ever, ever ill with mm. anything. Mm. Um, so it was a bit of, a, again, a bit of a light bulb moment for me in a sense of, I think, an immediate realisation that I can sink records to it here. And obviously, from a medical point of view, I know that's a lot of that's out of your hands, but I think it's yeah. your reaction to it and response. Um, thankfully, you know, I was treated, you um, and I'm fine. but it gave me that kind of that was the light bulb moment to give me the business idea that I've that I have now yeah. um, and people say to me is it something you always wanted to do and no I never had idea it was never in my thought process at no. all it was it was the breast cancer that absolutely gave me the idea and I feel set me on the path that I'm meant to be on
0: mm. and you, and you know what kind of it's good attitude to take about it because it's such a um you know such a wicked uh, disease isn't it, it cancer um it's uh it's taken loved ones from me so I, I can speak from the heart on that one so you know i think uh for you to make that your turning point is incredible so you got through that successfully which is great but then tell us about this accident in your career then tell us what happened yeah so
1: literally as a result of breast cancer it gave me an awareness of suddenly i felt so every time i turned on the tv or the radio or whatever or There was an article or a story about about cancer Mm. and I'd never really noticed it before and I think it's only when you've got that real self awareness and it made me think how many people are out there like me just not taking notice of some of these messages which are kind of describing the symptoms and things so um, through my 20 year career I've built up a lot of networks people say to me I know everyone I don't know everyone but I I, I know a lot of people you do, I I know a lot
0: of people yeah
1: for me it's a case of Knowing you know it's using it's using your, your network of networks as well, so you can always reach. Mm-hmm. Somebody always knows. You reach out to your networks and they reach out to theirs for you. Yeah. Then it's relationships. So, um for a very very long story short, but I spent time thinking about this is the moment. This is the moment I use those contacts and the networks I've got and the knowledge and experience to you know to create i've always wanted to create a business but i didn't know what you know you have to have a real kind of passion mm-hmm. so um it was um it was it was Somebody who suggested to me that um you know he knew a lot of people who were kind of uh, involved in kind of pre-loved clothing clearing out people's wardrobes and finding real gems of stuff and, and and there was a real market and interest in it he'd been involved in kind of fashion saw some fashion for many years mm. um thought, so, well, why don't we ask a few celebrities or well-known names, you know, who, because for me, it was about how do you capture people's attention, and if you capture people's attention through, well, this person who you know of yeah. is kind of sad on their nice dress or whatever, and then you understand the reason why. For me, that helped with the messaging. So, just started off asking a few people, and actually Jacqueline Gold, who just recently passed away, um, was the first person who... Got involved and donated.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
1: yeah, I didn't know that. She, she absolutely. She was the first person, um, and then you know we 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 has we has a number of other you know a number of other people um donate items, and then we sold and raised money for charity. But then what that did, what that did was it opened up awareness. So I was then being contacted by people in my network or others who did my story, mm-hmm. who were saying really nice things in my wardrobe. When I have a kind of a, a general clear out, I have a, a, cha, a, a pile for the charity shop, and then a pile that I just, whatever reason, don't justify putting in a charity shop. I, I either want to get some, I want to get some money back for it, or it's got a price tag on it, or it pays a lot of money, or whatever. I, I want to sell it myself, but I never get the time. It goes back in the wardrobe, comes back out again, in the same mm-hmm. cycle. People are coming to me saying, "Can you take these items? I'd like you to take them because it feels be like it fits with what your, your
0: brand." thank you so much again nicola for joining us it's been a pleasure to speak to you i've missed you it's been too long let's not leave it that long next time if you want to get involved nicola gave you the details warnedbyos.com or you can find her on instagram and if you've enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review and join us again next week